0: On today's episode, we are going to take a look at Intel Corporation. They just reported earnings and they're down about 16% for the day. The main reason for this drop is the delay of their 7 nanometer process chips. And in today's episode, I really want to see if this delay is the only reason. There might be some other reasons that they're down. Is it the only reason that they're down? And if it is, does it really correspond for a 16% drop or is it a buying opportunity so today's episode is broken down into two segments the 1st segment, second we're going to just do a quick overview of their earnings some of the highlighted points on the second segment we're going to take a closer look at their financial numbers to see if there's anything we can spot from their financial documents so let's get started And before we go any further if you are new to my channel if you are a long-term investor and if you like to learn about growth stocks make sure to hit that subscribe button. Also if you want to get in contact with me I am very active in the YouTube comments very active on Twitter and I do have a Discord channel which is free to anybody that wants to join. But remember I am not a professional all of this is free I'm not charging anybody so none of this should be taken as advice as is all my opinion. Also, to all my returning viewers, thank you so much for the support. Make sure to hit the thumbs up. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I do have a weekly newsletter and more written blog posts at JoseNaharo.com, so make sure to check out the website to get more updates there. All right, so first let's take a look at price performance. Like I mentioned, Intel is down 16% midday Friday afternoon, right now sitting at $50.67. If we take a look at year-to-date performance for Intel, they are down about 16.74%. So that to me tells me when earnings before earnings they were pretty much flatlined. And unfortunately, if you are a holder, this is one of those that's probably dragging your portfolio. So I do have a small position in Intel. I do have my full portfolio in in another video. So if you guys want to take a quick look at my portfolio, feel free to check out my other videos. But Intel is one that I have a position in. In today's episode, I really want to see if what should I do with with my position? Should I buy? Should I sell? Should I hold? So let's take a look at their earnings. So earnings. For quarter two of 2020, they reported non-gap earnings per share of $1.23, which beat expectations by $0.12. Their gap earnings per share were $1.19, which also beat expectations by $0.15 revenue was 19.7 billion which was up almost 20 percent compared to same time last year and it was also a beat by 1.15 billion so you might be like jose this is ridiculous how are did they beat in gap earnings per share how did they be in revenue how are they up 20 percent year over year and they're still down about 17 percent The main reason they are down is the seven nanometer chip process is delayed it's now trending about 12 months behind target and it's not that they are and this is not the first time that this has happened to intel i think this is another thing that's that's kind of getting the the investors pretty mad is for their 10 nanometer process they also did have multiple delays that that caused a lot of negative negative backlash to intel so now obviously seeing it a second time for the next for the next generation of chips in the seven nanometer is just showing investors that hey something is up with intel they need to work on their leadership and i think with this stock price going down is a huge movement and it's gonna it's gonna put pressure on their team to make sure things like this don't continue and this morning a lot there might have been more but a lot of different bank analysts reported some downtrends on their price targets for example they have we have eight price targets here dutch bank new price target sixty dollars old price target was 70. misu new tri- price target is 63 old one was 67. bank of america new price target is 62 old price was 70. ups new price target 64 old price 70. barclays new price 48 this is the first one that's below the current price right now old price target was 58 wells fargo 55 new 60 old northland 48 new um 60 old rbc capital new price target is 48 dollars. old price target was 52 so we can see on average most of the of the targets are still above above the current price most of them are still in the low 60s we do have some mid 50s then the ones that are really pushing down are are those that are all in the 48 price target range but even though they are still higher than the current price, just the the just that sentiment that comes when when all these banks all do a downgrade simultaneously, no matter if the price target is still higher than than the current than the current stock price, it still kind of adds this form of bearish sentiment to to the company. So I can see again the all of this stuff is adding up to really really create this downturn on Intel's corporation stock price. All right, so a few more highlights about their earnings. I, I, I've read multiple articles right now, and I'm just picking the, the important points from them. A quarter, One thing that I thought was cool is a quarter ago, Intel chose not to give um, full guidance, especially due to COVID-19, right? COVID-19 was just starting, so there was no real understanding of how businesses were going to grow if they were going to grow. On this earnings, they did announce a new forecast for the full year, which I think that alone to the overall market is a positive thing because it now we kind of understand what's happening. We can kind of understand how business will continue to flow. Right now, they, they show adjusted earnings of $4.85 for this year and $75 billion in revenue. This is implying a 4% year-to-year growth. This is compared to the original $5 in adjusted earnings per share. So they are expected to make less money in earnings per share, but they, um, it was originally they had $73.5 billion in revenue. And this was announced in January, way before COVID-19 happened. So compared to January, now we're sitting here in July. They are expecting to make less money um, compared to what they originally thought at the beginning of the year. But they are expected to make more sales. And how does that happen? Why, how, how do they make more sales but less money? A few things. Uh, a few things come in mind. First, due to COVID-19, there might have been a, a, some certain expenses that they have to. They have to do. They had to do, especially in quarter one. Uh, maybe being the shut off of the plant increasing the the amount of of p p e for employers to make sure to make sure they're six feet apart or or whatever just some form of covid nineteen expense could help could have decreased that adjusted earnings per share so why is this delay such a huge deal? So the first thing is the seven nanometer right now right now Intel is in the ten nanometer processing chip, and just What 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 happens when you have smaller? Is it just a smaller in package? Is that the only thing? And the question, the answer to that is no. In a ten nanometer compared to a seven nanometer, a ten nanometer has a bigger surface area. So for the electric current and for all the energy to trans to transfer from one area to another, it has a longer a longer transfer rate. It has a longer length. So that longer length requires requires more energy and it also requires a longer time so in theory the smaller you the smaller your chips are the less energy you need to to go from one spot to another and also the faster the time it does so it helps both in cost savings for for energy for energy savings and also it it helps with it also helps with with speed um with speed of the product and that's on that's things that go to the consumer. Now, also it also helps the producer of these of these chips, right? So now let's say a seven nanometers. If you make, for example, three, you would only need 21 nanometers. So in when you make two 10 nanometers, you need about 20 nanometers of wafer. So now in theory pretty much what you would make two nanometer two chips before you can actually make three chips with seven nanometers when you would make only two chips in the 10 nanometer so it also helps with production with productivity so there's so many so many positive aspects with going loud with going lower um, that many people might not be aware of and it's something as small as that is just increasing speed reducing cost for the consumer Um, making power making it more power efficiency and also just helping overall with the production of things you the smaller they are the more you can produce so the reason they delayed this process is they did discover an issue in their manufacturing process that causes lower yields of flawless chips so you might be like jose what does that mean so intel and i am uh I might be going a little more in depth than I need to here, but I just really enjoy the semiconductor industry, mainly because of uh, of my of my background as an electrical engineer. So when you create chips, not all the even though they might be created at the same place, not all chips come out the same. Certain chips might be better than others. So when they create chips, they actually they are tested, and they are been These might be like the ninety nine percent best chips. These are the ninety eight percent. And Intel, AMD, and all these other big guys, they only sell you the they only sell you the ones that pass that banning, that pass that they must be 99%, they must be the top 99% to make it. The other ones get trashed out or get used for other components that might not need that form of that form of, of power at that moment. So now they're saying that it's causing a lower yields of flawless chips. So maybe back then, out of for example, out of every 100 chips that they would make, 99 would be okay to sell, and only one of them would be used for some other purpose for something lower. Now with this flawless with this lower yield, maybe now instead of a hundred of uh, ninety-nine being okay maybe only 80 might be okay so obviously they don't want to continue with that because that's going to hurt them in the long run so right now they want to fix this issue and and really continue and really continue to make sure they have it right but unfortunately they're not the only ones doing this there's they have competitors and one of their biggest competitor is amd amd already has a seven nanometer products and amd is 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 up huge right now let's take a look at amd stock AMD is down about 14% and this is really good because fortunately for me, uh, AMD is a bigger portfolio than Intel. Again, I am big into the semiconductor, so I am into all different semiconductor companies. I don't care if they are rivals amongst each other because i do believe both companies can can continue to progress positive in, in this market there's so much market for for both these companies so even though i am a bull for amd it does not mean i'm a bear for intel i i and i think it's very close-minded for someone to to think that that hey for amd to do good it means intel must fail and go bankrupt no i do believe both of them can can be positive and both of them can hit a a, a great market so seeing intel slow down in the progress and amd already being the seven nanometer this again gives that negative sentiment to investors being like why should i continue to invest in you guys when we have the competitors next door already doing what you can't even do and you already pushed it back six months and even the, and to say that you've you've done this with the 10 nanometer process as well you kind of messed dropped the ball there So again, a lot of things are happening with Intel, but Intel did kind of give a few confidence, a a few confidence list to investors. They say that even though the seven nanometer process is delayed, they are seeing a bigger demand on their 10 nanometer chips than originally expected. And we're gonna take a look later on. I think that demand is 20% higher than what they originally expected. So right now they're focusing on producing those 10 nanometer chips and they're going to continue to do that unfortunately with those 10 nanometer chips they are at a lower margin rates so it is going to destroy pretty much the margins for intel again another negative sentiment for investors so all these things keep adding up for for intel and why the stock price has continued to go down so intel now plans to make its first 7 nanometer chips shipment in late 2022 or early 2023 this is crazy right when amd already has it now intel is not thinking about it until late 2022 or early 2023 this is imagine being getting pushed back that far away from from your competitors it is obviously a very very scary sentiment all right so now um um and just, let me actually talk a little bit more about their chips and the seven nanometers and and let me tr- let's try to paint some picture. So yes, even though there are seven nanometer chips out there, is the demand for the seven nanometer chips really important? That's the thing. It doesn't really, right? You don't, even though a product could come out to the market faster than anticipated, faster than the market really needs it. And that's the real thing that that that's the real question that needs to be figured out. Is the 10 nanometer plenty, uh, plenty enough for, for what the market is really demanding right now? Intel Corporation says, yes, that right now, seven nanometers, there's a huge demand for 10 nanometers. So at the current point, the market is really, really fine with seven nanometers. The demand for seven nanometers is not there right now. But at the same time, the market continues to progress so maybe right now the seven nanometer chip might not be needed but you don't know six months from now you don't know how how technology progresses in the next few months where intel still won't have that seven nanometer but they are already com- competitors who have it so if that market grows there they'll have that first market advantage um, that unfortunately would be very hard for intel to catch up for all right so that's enough with their seven nanometer chips let's take a look at some acquisitions uh, um, intel did this quarter so the first thing is intel did purchase a mobility startup called MoveIt, it and they sold um their they did sell one part of their segment for 150 million dollars to max linear i don't really want to take a look at what they sold because if they sold it it doesn't really affect the, the investors anymore. But let's take a look at this mobility startup, MoveIt. All right, so first, I want to understand what MoveIt is. So MoveIt is a mass. And you guys might be hearing a lot about SaaS, but there's a lot of different ass conversations. There's SaaS, which is software as a service application, which is usually some form of a revenue reoccurring type business. Now there's mobility as a service, which is where it's a mobile application and is, again, very similar to a SaaS. So, Moveit is known for its urban mobility application that offers travelers around the world the best multi-model trip planning by combining public transportation, bicycle, scooter service, ride hailing, and car sharing. And you might be like, Jose, why the freak would Intel invest in a a company like this? What do they really want to do with trip planning? Why? What is this so important to Intel? Intel has... Besides Intel making a chip, and this is where I think where I say where every single semiconductor, even though they're all in the same playing field, they are playing different games. AMD right now I feel is really focused in enterprise in the enterprise world for for data centers. Intel is in that corp in that business as well, but Intel is in another business as well that they're trying to go, and this is due to their mobility mobile eye business. Yeah, mobile eye business and mobile eye business is the leading supplier of software that enables advanced driver assist systems and this is a technology that will that they envision will make our roads safer reduce traffic congestion and save lives so it's pretty much a a smart uh, i want to think of it as a smart system to make sure or roads to make sure traffic is running as effectively as possible so now with this new purchase of move it it, they do correspond they they do team up pretty well with this whole movement that intel wants to go into i think is pretty cool some people might not i i personally think it's cool the addition to move it brings Intel's mobile eye closer to achieving its plan to become a completely mobility provider, including robo taxi service, which is forecasted to be a 160 billion opportunity by 2030. So they are a little bit ahead of the game in here. They're about 10 years ahead. But if they are correct about this opportunity, it can be a huge winner for Intel. All right, so now let's take a look at the other segments of, of Intel so intel has multiple segments that they that they have revenues broken down into the following first they have this data center group and the sales were up 43 percent compared to the same time last year and this be expectations and mainly due to a huge growth in the cloud service provider revenue so right now a lot more clouding uh, clouding markets are 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 requiring more more servers right they need to make sure they have enough bandwidth enough processing speed so with the introduction of the third generation of their their server their enterprise server CPUs, it has helped uh, it has helped Intel grow. So that's actually pretty impressive, a 43% growth there, and the 47 due to a 47% growth in cloud service providers. Then they have the PC centric, and this is up seven percent um, compared to same time last year. And again, this beat expectations. And right now this was mainly driven by the huge demand in notebook demand with people working from home, with kids learning from home. So this, this has helped Intel grow a huge market there. Again, this is something that I'm pretty sure we're also gonna see in AMD. In AMD we're gonna see, and this is another reason why AMD is up. One, the main first reason is the seven nanometers, right? Now AMD has, is in the seven nanometer processing where Intel is, is still very far away, but AMD is also in the data center group, which Intel is in. Intel saw a huge increase there. So AMD investors are expecting to see a huge, um, huge increase there. Same with the PC-centric. AMD provides, uh, provides CPUs for notebooks. So if Intel saw an increase there, obviously AMD is going to see it. They do have another unit that AMD is not in, which is their memory unit, um, their NSG, and that's up 76% to a record $1.7 billion, and this also beat expectations. They also are in two other markets, their IoT, Internet of Things, and this is down 32% year over year but uh and then they have their mobile eye which is only 146 million again this is very early in the market and this is down 27 percent year over year so both of these are are down huge but they're very small portions of of intel's revenue so even though they're down in the double digits uh, it doesn't really affect it did not really affect the revenue growth for intel one thing i do want to say is mobile eye right now especially with the way things are going i do think that that's a platform that's still going to be slower until maybe a few years from now. The Internet of Things, I'm actually surprised to see that down 32%. And uh, I'll have to do a little more information reading on that. All right, guys. So the final thing I want to take a look at is Intel's balance sheet. And if you guys don't know, this is my favorite, favorite document to take a look at. Um, and the reason I-, I like taking a look at a balance sheet, because it really shows you how how things are moving. So we're going to be comparing this quarter compared to december 28th of 2019 and that was the beginning of quarter one so cash and cash equivalents right now is sitting about 8.7 billion dollars compared to 4.1 billion dollars two quarters ago so that to me is pretty impressive um to increase your cash and cash equivalents by that much short-term investments has also increased so short-term investments might be some form of cash that they put in a, a non-risk in a very low risk it's not a non-risk there's always risk in investing but in the not in the low risk asset, so back then they had about 1 billion dollars there, now they have about 4.8. So and then they have trading assets. So trading assets back then were 7.8 billion, right now it's 12.2 billion. So their total cash investments has almost doubled compared to just six months ago. And that to me it is amazing, right? Obviously, I, I personally would love to see my cash account grow by about two times in a matter of six months. Six months ago, they were about $13 billion of total cash. Now they have about $26 billion in total cash. Next, let's take a look at their total current assets. So their total current assets increased by about $13 billion, mainly due to the total cash. Next, let's take a look at their total assets. So their total assets uh, six months ago were $136 billion. Right now, they're $152 billion. So that's an increase of about $16 billion. Most of it coming from that $3 billion in cash. The other $3 billions pretty much come from property, plant, and equipment. And remember, they did acquire a company this, this year. So that obviously would increase the, property, the, the, um, the assets that come with it. So no big difference here. So in total, we see a total asset increase of about $16 billion dollars. The last thing we want to see is total liabilities. We don't want total liabilities to also increase by 16 billion. That would be pretty much non-efficient. You you non-efficient. You want total liabilities to have decreased or if they have increased to decrease at a smaller level compared to total assets. Unfortunately, I hate this Intel does not give you their total liabilities as a full number. What you have to do is their total liabilities with equity holders minus shareholder equity so that would be that would be 70 billions of total debt right now so now compared to six months ago that would be 136 minus 77 so that's about 60 billion dollars so total 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 liabilities grew by about 10 billion dollars it seems but and total assets grew by 16 billion dollars so that means that total assets is growing at a faster rate than total liabilities that is a good thing in my books let me see where most of this total debt grew and this total equity pretty this total liabilities pretty much just grew from that debt. debt for the company grew about 11 billion dollars long-term debt grew about 11 billion dollars compared to same time six months ago compared to six months ago and i'm guessing that that's a pretty there they took out some form of loans that to me, it's not good to see. But this company pretty much has enough to make a huge debt in a huge debt in that total debt. So Intel definitely has a very strong a very strong balance sheet from from, from what I can see. All right, so now let's take a look at my thoughts for Intel. Am I going to buy? Am I going to hold? Am I going to sell? So with the sixteen percent drop, I right now did purchase a small position in a, a, to increase my position. Again, very very small position, something very minuscule. But I do believe a sixteen percent drop for this is not it's not the right percentage drop. I do have I, I I do have I would have expected it to drop a huge amount, right? The seven nanometer delay is is a very important very important concept especially due to the competition due to the margins that they're losing and just and also due to the that negative sentiment of leadership just dropping the ball again they dropped the ball with the 10 nanometers now they're dropping it again with seven nanometer it gives just this negative sentiment to investors so i think most of it is that sentiment to investors that negative sentiment that investors are just like we're out of this so screw this place we're going somewhere else but i do see intel like i mentioned i do believe in this semiconductor world all the competitors have enough space to play and continue to grow we saw data centric grew 46% and i do believe this is what's going to continue to drive intel even further um, they already have a huge market there and even though amd is coming out and they are taking market share there I, again i do believe this is a market where both of them can continue to grow and you might be like jose no that's impossible i mean how many brands of tvs are there how many brands of computers how many brands uh, of how many burger kings how many mcdonald's fast food there is always room in the market for multiple comp- competition and that's what i believe even though i'm a huge bull of amd i do believe intel at the end can still continue to grow and right we do have some perks for intel intel has uh has um has a dividends right now they have a very strong balance sheet so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode let me know what you guys think let me know what you guys are going to do with intel take care have a good night and see you next time